Hello, and thank you all for joining us. This is Brian Bernalis uh, from the Holland Sentinel, and this is From the Newsroom, our weekly podcast devoted to all things Holland Sentinel-ish, Holland, Sen- Holland Sentinel-y, <laughs> I think. <laughs> anyway, uh, I thought today, I, well, today I'm joined by uh, public uh, uh, safety officer, officer reporter. <laughs> oh, oh what a promotion. <laughs> public safety reporter, Audra Gamble. Hey. Hi, Audra. <laughs> Congratulations on your promotion. Thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> and to my left is our editor-in-chief, editor, just all-around swell person, uh, <laughs> Sarah Leach. Hi. Hi, Sarah. Hi, everyone. Right. Well, uh, we last time you all heard from us, we, had, uh, we spoke about the Jared Chance case, how there really wasn't kind of anything evolving. There were still a lot of questions out there, but as of last week... We've got some answers. We've got some clarity to this. Yeah, absolutely. This Audra? is kind of a previously on update <laughs> from so, the Holland Sentinel. Yeah, where so we here's last our left segue our heroes, into... Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so <sighs> this is what Sarah likes to call a tentacle story. We've got a <laughs> yeah, whole lot of yeah. stuff going on here, right? Um, so kind of for real, where we last left you with this was that um, this guy named Jared Chance, who lived in Grand Rapids, um, was charged with mutilation of a dead body and concealment of a death of a woman who was reported missing by her family in Kalamazoo County. Um, Mom and dad, who live in Holland, Barbara and James Chance, were also charged with accessory after the fact to the mutilation and then lying to police. So that was kind of all we knew. Um, And then we ended up getting some new court documents and... New charges were filed against Jared Chance, the son. He's now officially been charged with open murder of Mm -hmm. Ashley Young. Uh, So that's a little bit more information, and we found out a few more details about mom and dad's potential involvement. So what was the change? What what came about? What evidence uh, uh, materialized or they released? that went from to that open charge or the, the open murder charge yeah uh that's a great question so oh, we you. got <laughs> um we got what's called the probable cause affidavit which basically is something that um, police officers and a prosecutor's office will put together to basically say to a judge hey here's why we're arresting and charging this person with x y and z mm-hmm. so in this court document that we got uh Last Thursday, I believe. Does that so, sound yeah. right? Yeah. Sure. Um, some police officers uh, kind of wrote down what they actually found in the different areas that they've searched, including the parents' house in Holland and the location of some of Ashley Young's body parts. Not all of them. Uh, there was also some information from the um, medical examiner that showed that Ashley Young did not die of an overdose or any natural causes. We had seen some comments on social media speculating about what the cause of death was. Right. And and since he had not been charged with her actual death up until this point, that actually was a... I mean, I I don't don't know how likely it was, but it was was, was an open possibility. Right. Um, So we also found out that all of the mutilation happened post-mortem, so after she was already deceased. Thank goodness. Right. Yep. (laughs) That's what we were hoping for. Um, And... There was a a really interesting piece of evidence collected from the Chance's house in Holland, which was a bloody saw um, that was found underneath James and Barbara Chance's living room couch. As Brian inhales Mm. sharply. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
All right. Uh, so on that note, <laughs> yeah. So there was a this little is... bit more information about um, kind of timeline and what mm-hmm. was found where. So we understand now that um, Ashley Young's arms and parts of her legs have been recovered from a box that was found on the the kind of stairwell going up to Jared Chance's second floor apartment Mm -hmm. however the head neck hands and feet are still missing okay and there was some information uh because they 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 say the totality of some of the interviews that they've conducted um in addition to the the searches that they've that they've conducted they had to search uh jared chance's grand rapids apartment then then they went to the holland parents home and found additional evidence but since then, they were able to piece together what what they believe occurred in terms of the chance parents going to the apartment in Grand Rapids to potentially assist in moving boxes that held some of Ashley Young's remains. Yeah, At there, least that's what was in the court documents. There were also some interviews um, that police did with Jared Chance's brother, Conrad Chance, and the the downstairs neighbor that actually found Young's torso to begin with that indicated gun possession by Jared Chance that we weren't aware of mm-hmm. beforehand yeah. of a twenty two caliber. That's the first time, yeah, any revolver. firearm or weapon had been discussed. Yeah. Right. Um, so there's not any evidence right now in the court documents to say Young was shot by a gun. We don't have anything that says that. Right. But. Um, both the brother and the downstairs neighbors said that they witnessed Jared Chance kind of handling, spinning, messing around, picking up and putting down a twenty-two caliber revolver in the days leading up to Ashley Young's death. And I believe she was present for one of those Correct. Things, um, yeah, according to the neighbor. She was present um Was that the neighbor or with the with the brother? brother. Okay. And and the the brother who Conrad Chance said that during that kind of conversation um, Jared Chance took out the ammunition from the gun and was still kind of messing around and playing with it and pointed the gun at Conrad, the brother, and pulled the trigger multiple times in his direction, uh, you know, without any ammunition in it. Um, and then the neighbor said that he had a conversa- conversation with Jared Chance in his kitchen, like in their shared building. And in that conversation, Chance was, again, playing with the weapon, you know, kind of fiddling with it, that sort of thing. And then in that conversation, um, Jared Chance said he knew how to get away with killing someone, uh, which is kind of a concerning statement. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the neighbor felt so uncomfortable, particularly because of the the gun manipulation kind of thing going on, that he like wanted to leave that conversation. So all of that was new information that we hadn't heard yet. Um, right. And all of that was in this this probable cause document that they filed in order to charge chance with open murder right so one thing that i thought was interesting about this case is that this there's a there's a history a potential history because it hasn't actually been addressed with the um the police or the prosecutor's office yet but Ashley Young is um, not originally from Kalamazoo County that we can tell because she's listed as a graduate of Grand Haven High School in Ottawa County from 2005. Um, so Jared Chance also is originally from the Holland area, also in Ottawa County. So potentially, the even though there's a, I, I believe that you said Ashley Young is a couple years older than 
Correct. She, she was yeah. 31 and he's 20, 29. Nine. Mm-hmm. Um, they potentially could have known each other longer than what has been speculated in the in the media coverage um, after this incident occurred. So that's been one of our lingering que- questions is how did they know each other? What was the context of their relationship? I feel like the way that it was sort of presented in the initial stories that came out of Grand Rapids that they potentially had just met. Um, but this maybe might lead to something that has a little bit more history to it. Uh, we fa- we saw in the probable cause documents that she had been at his house and had witnessed some of these conversations that precipitated the her death. So um, it'll be really interesting to really figure out like what the relationships to everybody um, were and uh, what, what precipitated all of this. On a tangent, mm-hmm. uh, as an editor, Audra mentioned this is a, one of those tentacle yes. stories. How do you make sure everybody's on the same page in the newsroom. Well, especially <laughs> when it comes to this story. I've like, never heard of cats Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's like, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Maybe not. <laughs> I, well, I think, I mean, so I'm, I'm not an editor. Hey, I'm the one writing the story. But like, yeah. I think it is important that Sarah and I have conversations about, okay, what is the actual new thing here? Mm-hmm. And... Yep. Like, how is it relevant to our readers? Because we're not right. a Grand Rapids TV station. We're not, um, you know, going to be at every single court thing. We have to kind of be selective about that. Right. So we have to focus on, all right, where are our readers? Because, I mean, this is like, I think Sarah said in the last podcast, this is kind of an exhausting story just mm-hmm. in terms of there's so many tentacles, so much information. A lot of it is gross, like, let's right. be honest. Right. So, like, we have to be really... Um, purposeful and mm-hmm. when we do write new things yep. and we're trying really hard to focus on mom and dad because right. they're Holland residents right. rather than and that would be the Holland interest right yeah so it's kind of a proximity thing for the most part I think mm-hmm. are mostly what our conversations have been about right well yeah usually in in the beginning in the morning um, like today um, I talked to Audra about Okay, new week. Is there anything new? When is the next court date? Because obviously uh, Jared Chance is on a different legal trajectory than his parents are. And so their their charges are independent of, of his. They've got two separate attorneys. They could have two different um, sets of court dates if they decide right now they're they're um, still synced up but that could change if one gets dismissed and you know something gets rescheduled down the road so now you're potentially tracking three different court cases with three different people three different attorneys three different attorneys connected to the same crime so that um, we always start our meetings off with trying to figure out okay if there's anything relevant that we have to respond to what is the next new thing do we have a couple of days of breathing room to maybe kind of regroup and see if there's anything that is relevant that might come up in the coming days. And, you know, honestly, we try to do like a gut check to, we, we want to make sure that our readers don't get, they, they're exhausted from this story. We can, we can see it in the, in the clicks on, on some of the, some of the stuff that we've been posting where you get a certain fatigue uh, with, with stories. And, and that's something that is human nature. 
Um, we've seen that with war reporting. Um, I think that the that the American public has gotten very desensitized to some of the stuff that's going on overseas with Afghanistan and Iraq and Syria because they they're, they're just there's constantly these these stories that come out there and the interest level just seems to kind of people just get numb to these sorts mm-hmm. of things. So we're trying to be cognizant of that and not, you know, forgive the forgive the the, the pun, but not no, not overkill it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And uh, Audra, I don't know if you can uh, talk about this. A lot of the comments on the Facebook page um, relevant to the story were, how are the parents (laughs) out and about even after uh, the mention of a bloody saw? Sure. Yeah, this is a question that we get on a lot of different court cases. Um, So basically, the amount of money that someone has to pay to get out of jail varies depending on what they're charged with and what the different statutes are mm-hmm. and all that kind of legal jargon. If they're considered a threat to the public right. or a flight risk. Right. right. Yep. If they're, you know, a, a citizen of another country and could maybe flee to, you know, somewhere else. Um, so Jared Chance, his bond was denied, which means he can't give them any amount of money. He has to stay in jail until the legal process continues and he's found either guilty or not guilty. Um, the parents were charged with lesser crimes, uh, so perjury and um, accessory after the fact to a felony. So they were given the opportunity to come up with enough funds to get themselves out of jail. That doesn't mean they're like not ever going back to court or anything like that, but in the meantime... They are out and about. They're still living in their home in Holland, as far as we're aware. Um, the ability to do that <laughs> um, is something that is not offered to every single person. If you are arrested for public indecency or you know drunken disorderly conduct, and you don't have a hundred bucks to pay that bail, then you're stuck in jail. So. Um, that's kind of a, a systemic issue of who can and cannot pay mm-hmm. bond. Um, but in this instance, the chance parents were able to post enough bond. I don't remember exactly how much it was off the top of my head, but mm. it, I believe it was in the thousands, correct, yeah, Sarah? Yeah, I think so. Um, they have to abide by a certain amount of rules while they're out on bond, so... If they violate that bond in any way, that could land them back in jail again, and they wouldn't have an opportunity to post right. more bond. Until the court proceedings are concluded. I mean, the whole system is supposed to compel the individual to Show complete up. the legal process. <laughs> right, right, right. right. So, it, so if they, if they you know, feel like they're... Unfortunately, if you can't pay, then they'll they'll find a way to make you show up by keeping yeah. you in jail. Right. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we do get this question a lot of how could, you know, so-and-so be back out on the streets? Right, and right. It's not like they're just, you know, willy-nilly packing their bags right. and, and, you know, leaving town. Like, there's still rules. Yeah. Um, but they are out and about in the community, for sure. And I would say that most criminal cases um, for, for nonviolent crime, you there's usually a bail. Um, it just, you know, how high it's set right. and right. whether it's attainable for the person. Right. So what's upcoming now? What's the next stage in this i'm so glad you asked thank you thank you (laughs) um okay so like sarah said technically all three chances are separate criminal cases they all have different um attorneys representing them 
So what we're kind of focusing on moving forward are James and Barbara Chance, like we said, just because they're the actual Holland residents here. So they're both going to be back in court. This is 61st District downtown in Grand Rapids um, on the 10th, so Thursday at 8.30 a.m. for preliminary examinations, which is generally the first time that any like nitty-gritty details will come out if they actually go through with the hearing. They could just sign a piece of paper and wave it and say, see you in circuit court. Um, but this is the first chance for a judge for a judge to say whether there's enough evidence to send something to trial to begin with. So this is kind of the starting point of the mm-hmm. judicial process. And for Jared? Um, his is going to take a little bit longer. <laughs> since, the, since the charges were amended to include murder. Correct. Now. Yeah. yeah, so... He's got um, much more severe charges. So open murder basically will allow a jury to decide whether a murder was premeditated or not, if he's convicted of a murder at all. Um, and that's, that's important because premeditated murder is a mandatory life sentence without the possibility of parole. Second degree, which is not premeditated, it's like the spur of the moment mm-hmm. kind of murder, you can still be charged with or sentenced to up to life in, in prison, but there is a possibility of parole. So there's kind of some more decision-making that needs to be had on that end. Um, generally, and this is a huge general here because it varies so much, um, getting from the time uh, someone is charged with open murder to an actual trial is... Usually about a year, I would yeah, say. Yeah, 10 to 12-ish months. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, again, that can that can be a huge right. range. Depends on if there's a competency question, whether or not the person's mental health needs to be evaluated. Any pleas, any, yeah, all that Evidence, kind of stuff. Evidence, disclosure, witness statements, all of that stuff. Right. Okay. Yeah. And I do want to mention that there's still evidence hanging out there that, as far as we know, haven't been Has found. not been found. Right. right. So it would be super helpful for a prosecutor if all of uh, Ashley Young's remains were found because if there were say a bullet wound or some sort of something yeah. <laughs> that, that yeah. could kind of prove their case more you know obviously that would give them a stronger stronger court case but we won't know that until or if those remains are found one thing's for sure this is one of the most bizarre homicide cases I've probably ever seen in my career this is, this is a very, very strange yes. one. Yeah. Yeah. Man, Audra, I'm sure it's the... <laughs> there's nothing that rivals I mean, this for you, is there? Yeah, I mean, no murder case is neat. I mean, it's all, right. you know, interpersonal connections and mm-hmm. fights and, and all that kind of stuff. There's always some family drama and, you know, all that good stuff sprinkled in there. But I this think... This one is just truly just weird. Yeah, like, this one is just... Like, the timeline is funky, what happened when, um, you know, the whole neighbor finding the corpse. Like, all of it is just kind of... Yeah, and then what happened afterward and that weird timeline of after she died but before the body was found. That's I think that's the big... That's what everything hangs on and and when you don't really have everything that you need. Yeah, and I don't think we Do they have enough to actually convict him? That's going to be very interesting... um, in terms of how the murder charge case moves forward. Sure, yeah. And I don't think we even mentioned that 
It's also strange in that Jared Chance's father is a former cop, mm-hmm. uh, which adds another layer of like, oh, that's, you know, kind of takes you aback for a second. And, right. And you think about the know, implications how, yeah, of that. Right. Yeah. How right. that factors into it. Um, and I think even within the newsroom, we kind of have have asked ourselves collectively, like, you know, some of some of us in the newsroom are parents, some of us are not. But you kind of think like, all right, if my kid came to me and said, allegedly, you know, mom and dad X happened, I've got some stuff that, you know, we need to take care of, like what your response is as a parent, Mm -hmm. um, which is also kind of a weird conversation. Yep. Absolutely. Hopefully no one, none of us ever get put in that position. (laughs) Right. Right. And on that note, (laughs) I think we'll wrap this up. I'm sure there'll be more next yes. week. Yeah. Spoiler, the <laughs> answer is call 911. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we will uh, most assuredly be on top of the story as more details emerge. I'm sure Audra will be all over this from now until... Forever. The conclusion of the, the, conclusion case. Of the yeah. case. Yeah. So on behalf of Audra Gamble, Sarah Leach, I'm Brian Bernalis. Thank you all for listening. We will see you next time. Bye.